Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Sturkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. All right. Hey, welcome. Y'all look good today. It's fall break. I thought we were going to have to just meet out in the lobby today, but I'm glad you all showed up. And we're going to have a good time today. We're going to launch into a brand new thing as we continue in Missions Emphasis Month. And so, uh, worship team, wherever y'all are at, y'all did great today. Did y'all enjoy worship today? That's really good stuff. And maybe you missed the opportunity to worship, so that's on you. You have to wait till next week, get engaged again. Uh, so it's Sunday, and there's an event today. I don't know if you heard. It's a perfect day for this, like 64 degrees and sunny, fall at the Museum of Appalachia. Hold on. I'm looking around, taking inventory. I expect to see every single one of you at the Museum of Appalachia. Even you four in the front row, okay? Here's the deal. You get on the interstate, you go north to exit 122. You get off of exit 122, you go right. You go about three-fourths of a mile. The Museum of Appalachia is on the left. You turn in there, you'll find us, and it's going to be a good, good day. There's going to be food and fun and music. I don't want you to miss it. It's a special time in the life of the church, and so uh, be there, please. It's going to be amazing. Now, also, ladies, next week is a day with Kendra Graham. It's for all of our ladies right here. A lot of times you'll see an event where a speaker will come in and it's, uh, it's on the big screen. Okay, that ain't what we're doing. It's not simulcast. It's really her, really here. Okay, so I want you to go to the Connection Center if you haven't already done that. Get your ticket, invite a friend, buy a ticket for a friend. She's amazing and she'll bless your heart. Ladies, that's next Saturday. Get your tickets today. And so it's going to be good. God is doing great things in the life of our church and he's doing a great thing in our lives as well. And I'm excited to be back in what I call the box. This is my spot. Okay, and I take care of this spot. I look forward to preaching from this spot every week. And last uh, Sunday, we had just gotten back from vacation, and Clark filled this spot, and he did an excellent job telling us about missions. Amen. So, Clark, thank you. I I can trust him with, with this spot. I can go away, and it is awesome. And so, we're back this week, and I am excited. Now, let me tell you where we're going to be. If you got a paper Bible that you use, and not an, a device, hold your paper Bible up. Now, let me tell you where we're going to begin today. Just go to the index. That's right, because we're going to be looking at Jonah, and you ain't going to find it by yourself. And men, what's going to happen, if you don't go to the index and find you a page, by the end of the service, you'll look at your wife and say, I think somebody stole Jonah from the book. It ain't in here. It's in there. It's a little bitty book sandwiched in there, all right? And you want to find it. Now, often, this little book, it's... uh, uh, it's a powerful book we're familiar with, but often we, we ignore the greatest story of it simply because uh, we have these confused ideas of a, a, a secular worldview. Now, we're familiar with the story, right? There's a guy named Jonah. He's a prophet. And God speaks to him clearly. He says, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh and to preach judgment to them. He don't want to hear it. So rather than go to Nineveh, in a nutshell, what he does, he gets on a boat down at Joppa, and he goes to the bottom of it, and he wants to sail to Tarshish. Now, once he's on the the ship and it's going away, this huge storm comes up so bad that the, uh, the sailors, the seasoned ocean people, are fearful. And so they begin to throw the cargo off, okay? And then ultimately, they reluctantly throw Jonah off. Now, we know the rest of the story. A whale swallows him. He stays in there a few days. He builds a campfire, and and the whale sneezes him out, and he becomes becomes a real boy. (laughs) Just kidding, that's Pinocchio. But I'm just checking to see if you're listening. 
Are you listening? Okay, some of y'all thought that's really in there. No, that's Pinocchio, okay? Now, the rest of the story is this. He, he is swallowed by a big fish, and he stays three days, and rather than sneezing, he gets vomited up on the shore, and he gets a second chance. And he goes to Nineveh, and he preaches judgment as he was supposed to do this, the first time. Now, here's the problem. Most of us are familiar with that story, but what we do is we say, oh, I know that story. It's Jonah and the whale. It's like his, that's his last name, Jonah and the whale. It's like John the Baptist, like that's his last name. So we know him as Jonah and the whale, right? And sometimes because Jonah, who is a prophet of God, is connected to a fishy story, scoffers and skeptics say, yeah, I, I don't really believe that stuff. I don't really believe that a, a whale... Bible says big fish. Hebrews more, the word is sea monster. I don't really believe that a whale swallowed him. And uh, I'm just, I just not into that story. And so we write off the whole message of the story because we got this goofy idea that it's not true. Now let me just go ahead and be real clear where I stand. I believe the four chapters of Jonah is 100% true from the first Hebrew letter of the book to the last. I believe it's completely true. With confidence, I can say that. Now, how can I say that? How, what makes me confident that this book of Jonah is true? Why should you, as a Jesus follower, a disciple, why should you believe this story is 100% true? Because it's sandwiched in a storybook of God that is 66 books long. And it's included in it. And if you believe the rest of it or the large of the rest of it, you will believe this. Well, some people will say, well, I just don't believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Jesus believed it. In fact, he references it in Luke eleven twenty nine 29 through 32. If you're a scoffer and a skeptic today and you don't believe in Jonah, you know what else you probably don't believe in? I don't really believe that Daniel saw the future and wrote the future of the world. Jesus believed that. He references it in Matthew 24, 15. If you're a scoffer and a skeptic, you would say, well, and that whole story of Noah building a boat for 100 years so that animals could come two by two and a, a global flood would lift it off the ground and save all of humanity. I don't really believe that one either. Guess what? Jesus believed it. Matthew 24, 37. And, and that whole story about God's design for marriage, a man and a woman, I don't really buy into that. That's dated. I don't think that's God's view. It was Jesus's view, Matthew 19, 4 through 6. So what we do is sometimes rather than having a biblical worldview, we have a secular worldview. We begin to listen to voices of the world, the world and it determines our mindset. It determines what we believe. And we listen to some foolishness. We really do. I mean, just this week, all you heard about was Lane Kiffin. I could care less what Lane Kiffin thinks. I could care less if he got hit with 100,000 golf balls. I mean, it, it doesn't change me. Okay, And we listen to all that. We saturate our lives with voices from the world. If you agree and know that's true, say, that's right. The other half of you are uncondensed. It's okay. I'm going to go with the half that I have. And, and so Jesus believes all of those stories, even though they may be incredible, unbelievable, and miraculous. You know why? 
Because he is the author of incredible, unbelievable, and miraculous. And if you believe in the wonder-working work of Jesus dying on a cross to rescue you, it gets real easy to sink your teeth in to a fish swallowing a man. And let me just go ahead and tell you, if you're not going to believe the story of Jonah, don't not believe it because of the big fish. Other big fish have swallowed men and they've lived to tell about it. There's other reasons you can choose not to believe the story. But as for me and my house and this church, we believe it is the truth of God given to us to tell us a story. Now, ultimately, we listen to God because as Clark shared last week, the shorter catechism, which is kind of the, 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 the summation of who we are as believers, is simply this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And if we want to glorify God... And enjoy him forever. It begins when we accept his infallible, inerrant, eternal word. That's what our life is to be built on. And so that's what we're going to do. And, and so let me sum it up this way. I don't have a problem believing that a man was swallowed by a big fish for three days, was vomited out to share God's message. His name was Jonah. I have no problem believing that. You know why? Because I have no problem believing another man was swallowed by a grave, buried for three days, emerged to tell the world about God's message again. His name was Jesus. I have no problem with that. And as a Christian, we don't, we don't have to listen to the world. We believe God for what he says. We apply it to our lives. And we, and we accomplish why we're here. And that is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever and so today's message is from Jonah chapter 1 and the title is the biggest little mission story ever the biggest little mission story ever we're going to cover one point don't be thinking you're getting out early but we're going to have one point all right so the first point is this a command to missions a command to missions tell the person next to you you have been commanded it's not a suggestion it's not the great commission is not the great suggestion it's the great commission it's a command you have been instructed about this and it's really good when we get it now listen to me everybody look right here i will promise you if you dig in pay attention this little book will change your perspective about god lost people yourself and god's desire for missions it'll change you because it's changed me two verses is all we're going to cover here's what it says in verses one and two the lord's message came to jonah son of amittai go immediately to nineveh that large capital city and announce judgment against the people because their wickedness has come to my attention it all begins with the word of the lord it all begins with a message now jonah was a prophet and Jonah heard from God regularly and clearly. Jonah knew the oracles of God. When God spoke, man, he heard it and he proclaimed it. And so God is communicating with Jonah and it begins with a message or a word from the Lord. It always begins with a message or a word from the Lord. In fact, 
If there's things in your life that you haven't heard a word from the Lord on, I would be cautious. I would listen with clarity, with intentionality to know God's word, God's message about the things in your life. Now, Jonah was a prophet and he got it. Now, sometimes, like Clark said last week, we want a new calling. We want a detailed, fresh calling for our life. We want a specific calling. I hear this all the time. I just don't know what God wants me to do. Okay? Let me just answer that for you. He will not tell you what to do if you haven't done what he's already told you to do. You see, you already have a general calling on your life. It's in Scripture. And only when we become obedient to the general call will we receive a specific call. That's good news. Because your question about what you're supposed to be doing, it's answerable. It begins when we do what we're supposed to do that he's already told us to do. Luke chapter 16, 10 explains it this way. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. You know what that's saying? When God has already spoken into your life, until you become obedient to what he's already spoken, he won't reveal anything else to you. And so we begin simply by being obedient to the word of God. Listen, the word of God is key to everything in existence. You get that, right? God's word changes everything. Uh, from the very beginning, Jesus, excuse me, God shows up and you read the Genesis creation account, it says God said. There's his message, he just said. He, there's his word. He speaks life into lifelessness. He speaks existence into no existence at all. He speaks and light shows up. He speaks and stars show up. He speaks and the earth shows up. He speaks and plant life shows up. He speaks and the fish of the sea swim. He speaks and the birds of the air sing and fly. He speaks and mankind exists because of the message, the word of the Lord. Isn't that cool? Everything hinges on whether or not God's word speaks into it. And so it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop, it doesn't just all cease to exist at, at creation. You see, a lot of times people don't believe a story like Jonah because of this big fish, because it's like supernatural and miraculous. We serve a supernatural, miraculous God. And those same scoffers and skeptics refuse to admit the fact that they are a miracle, the fact that they're alive walking around on this miraculous planet we call earth. You see, when God spoke everything into existence, it just started and it hasn't stopped. Birds still sing and fly. Fish still swim. Flowers still bloom. Seasons, leaves still change colors and come back in the spring. The things that God spoke still are in existence today. Listen to this, is cool. We are currently, just everybody hang on to your seat. Just grab your seat right now because I'm going to let you know something. You and I are gliding through space around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. Did you know that's why my hair is sticking up? Some of y'all sucked your hair right off your head. Okay? 67,000 miles an hour. We're, we're just 
cruising through space. Kind of cool, isn't it? And we do it every day. Every day, all day. Because he spoke it. There's a gravitational pull, which is, I don't, I'm not that smart, but it has to do with the moon and everything of matter, of mass, pulls against other things. It's the gravitational pull. And the moon's mass pulls against the earth. And because of that, there is a constant gravitational pull. It becomes more constant as you get older. You try to jump, it pulls you harder. You fall, it hurts worse. You do more damage, okay? I think it increases with age, but it's constant. Kendra and I went to Orange Beach a week ago, and I had a little come-to-Jesus meeting, you know? I had to let him know that he needed to let me know I was still doing what he wanted me to do. And so I was sitting on the shore in a chair with Kendra, and the, and the tide, man, these big, it, there'd been a storm. Normally, Orange Beach is very calm. It was, it was rough. It was cool. Big waves, eight feet tall, I guess. I call them big waves. And they roll in, and I'd say, Kendra would say, I think, I think that one's going to get her chair wet. And, man, that thing would come about from here to where you're at, Mark. And it would just roll in, man. And then it'd get about halfway, and the moon would throw the brakes on and suck it right back out. And every now and then, one would just kind of come up to our feet. And it's all doing it because, you know what? God said, moon, pull the ocean. And he established the tide. The word of, the God, the word of God changes everything. And it is the beginning of your life. The word of God has to speak into your life for your life to exist and for your life to have purpose and meaning. And it's just that simple. Now there's one exception to everything doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know what that is? Us. Everything does what they're supposed to do except the one being created in the image of the creator. That's us. And we want to throw our hand up and say, I don't want to chirp like a bird. I don't want to swim like a fish. I don't want to be the steadiness of a gravitational pull. I want to rebel against you and declare myself as God in this moment. I want to declare myself as one who has more answers and more information and my word now and my message now becomes greater God than your message. And that's the reason for all of the problems. Did you know that? The reason for all of the problems in the world is not the fish or the birds or the trees. It's us. Okay, now don't get me wrong. Every now and then we interact with each other. We picked up while we were at the beach two hermit crabs for our grandchildren, two of our grandchildren. So we, we brought them to them and Judson said, do they bite? I said, they can because they got a pincher on there. And so little boys, they, you know, he's in that shell and he's picking at his claw. I said, buddy, he's, he might pinch you. And he looks up at me, we're in the car He's tapping him on the claw. See, Popo, he don't bite about that time. Bam! He held his ah! alligator tears and the hermit crab and the shells hanging from his finger. He had to sling it off of his finger, blood coming out of his finger, crying. I said, you know, I thought. I didn't say I told you, but I thought. He said, I didn't know. I said, yeah, you did. Now, which one was at fault? The hermit crab or Judson? It was Judson. Hermit crab's just doing what a hermit crab's supposed to do, getting that shell, protect itself. Judson's wanting to dissect him. It's all our fault. Everybody say it's my fault. Well, don't we hate saying that, husbands? 
Well, you're laughing at women. Y'all don't like saying it either. Say it again. It's my fault. It is my fault. It's our fault. Everything bad on this planet is the problem of mankind. We're the ones who rebel. And so in all of that, God still speaks a word, a message of hope and redemption. Now, so watch this. We have more truth than Jonah had, even though Jonah was a prophet and he heard the oracles of God. You see, Jonah heard the word of God, the message of God, and was commanded to share the word of God. You and I have more. In fact, in John chapter 1, this is what it says, in the beginning was the word, the word of God, the message of God. And the word, the message of God, the word of God, was with God, and the word was fully God. It's cool. Everything God spoke was a demonstration, a revelation of himself. Verse 2 says, the word was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, and all things were created by him. Now he goes to a personal pronoun. And he says, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. Did you see that subtle change? He went from this inanimate object, a pen on paper, ink on paper, and it became a him, and everything's created by him. So is he no longer talking about his word? Keep reading. Verse 14, it says, now the word became flesh and took up residence among us, and we saw his glory, the glory of the one, and the only full of grace and truth who came from the Father. So the word of God, Jonah had verbally from God. The word of God to you and to you and to you and to me is Jesus, the word of God, with skin on. And so not only do we hear from God, we read and we see God in the form of Jesus, the incarnate God, God in the flesh. And so we not only have his word, we have Jesus as our example. And when this word came, as he promised he would, one of the last things he said before he went back to heaven is found in Matthew 28, verse 19. Just like the word to, to Jonah Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Look at your neighbor and say, you're under commission. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not supposed to be easy. And it's not easy. I'm telling you, it is not easy. It's convicting. It's compelling. It's controversial. It calls us out of our comfort zone. But easy it is not. And easy it is not. We're not called to be a part of that. And it's simply this. You met God? Go tell somebody else how they can meet God. You've been radically transformed from the inside out, go tell somebody else how they can be radically transformed from the inside out. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. Now, here's what we do. You ready? I just made a small list, and your list it would, it would have others, of why we're not serious about the commission that Jesus has placed upon our life as followers, as born-again believers. 
Here's some reasons why we don't tell people about Jesus. Here's some reasons why we don't invite people to church or something as fun as the museum, the fall at the museum. The reason why we just are not engaged and intentional about being missional. Well, it's just uncomfortable. That's a good one. I don't want to impose my beliefs on other people. Well, I'm just not outgoing. It's not me to really talk about things. And, and honestly, I'm just not around a lot of lost people. I mean, I've tried from time to time, and they just simply didn't want to hear it. And they ask me questions I don't know the answer to, so I really don't have enough information. I'm just not ready yet. And you don't know my family, and you don't know my neighborhood They don't want to hear this message. In fact, I can't even talk to them about this stuff or they want to get mad, okay? We're going to learn a Greek word about all those reasons why we don't share the faith. Y'all ready? We're going to speak a Greek word. Ready? Baloney. Everybody say that with me. Baloney. It's a Greek word. means absolute nonsense, okay? Those are, you can take those up with Jesus and one day you can stand before him and answer for our life, which is what we all do, and say, I didn't tell anybody and give him that list. Write, write them down. Take them with you. Okay? And share them with him. See what happens. See how Jesus receives those messages. It's not supposed to be easy, and it never was. You see, this little, this little book of Jonah was written 800 B.C., 800 years before Christ, 2,800 years ago. And it wasn't easy for him either. Listen, I... I'm excited about Missions Month. I'm excited about the missions uh, organizations that we support and we work with. All of them from Street Hope to uh, the one down here, the, the Hospice Center, to Backyard Missions, to, uh, to Kenya, Inkai's Children, to One Vision, and, and Brazil and Dominican Republic. I'm excited about the Philippines. I've been, I've been to the Philippines and shared Jesus. I've been to Brazil shared Jesus. I've been to Kenya. I've been to Honduras. Amazing ministry. Amazing people groups that God loves. And, 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 and we need to be a part of that. But is it easy? No, it is not easy. I'm telling you today, I've been to all those places. I'm called to be a preacher. I preach the gospel and it's still not easy. Now, why is it not easy for me to go on missions? You ready? I'm claustrophobic. I'm six foot two, two and too many pounds. And they want to put me in a seat about that wide. They got bigger seats at at Disney World than they got on an airplane. Now, don't get me wrong. You can jump on Allegiant Air and fly for $55 to Orlando. But if if you're like me and you're claustrophobic, you fly with a whole lot of other people. And they're sitting. We're just a big happy family on that Allegiant airplane. Hey, how you doing? You smell like great. And over here. And then then the woman coming through, she's rubbing on you, you know, with the cart. I mean, it, it ain't easy. And it's not comfortable. Okay? And it never has been. And it never will be. So we just got to push through that and say, am I here to be comfortable or am I here to be obedient? There's a world that's lost and dying and wants to hear the name of Jesus and you have him. And so we're called and commissioned to go. So it says the Lord's message came to Jonah, son of Amittai. He says, go immediately to Nineveh, that large capital city. And announce judgment against the people because their wickedness has become has come to my attention. His commission was much like ours from Matthew 28. There's a sense of urgency. Jesus said, Go. God told Jonah, Arise, get up, and go immediately. God's message is urgent. 
We don't know when somebody's last day is today. And so we're supposed to share the love of God everywhere we go. It should be commonplace in our conversations. And that's not comfortable because we're fearful. The enemy has won a battle. The enemy has convinced us that we need to be tight-lipped and not sharing the good gospel of Jesus Christ. So it seems like it would have been easier then, right? He just said, okay, get up, go immediately to Nineveh. Well, I wish I was Jonah because, I mean, you don't know my neighbors, man. You don't know my school. You don't know the people I deal with, man. They are rough in the workplace. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> Listen to this. We're going, you, you will no longer throw Jonah under the bus for being a pitiful prophet after today. Nineveh. He says, I want you to go to the capital city of Assyria. Now, Nineveh has been exhumed or excavated more than one time. They know exactly where it is. It's a real city. And it was the capital city of the Assyrian empire so so far no big deal god says jonah i want you to go to nineveh the capital city of assyria that's where i want you to go next my friend and so so jonah gets the message and he doesn't want to go why nineveh and the assyrians were enemies not just of israel but of everybody in fact when the Assyrian army would come into town, they were so wicked that often the towns would all commit suicide to keep the Assyrians from having the pleasure of torturing them. When the Assyrians came into town, history tells us, the Assyrian army was brutal. They would take all of the men and the boys of the community or of the nation, and they would take and they would fillet patches of skin from their body just fillet it peel the skin off revealing raw flesh dig a hole put them in the sand and fill the hole around them so those openings would begin to burn they would pull their tongue out and drive a small pin through their tongue into the ground and watch them thirst to death and ultimately become delirious and go crazy when they die oh before they died they would rape and abuse the women and their little girls in front of them. When they died, they would chop their head off. And outside the city gates, they would build a pyramid of, of heads and skulls, letting people know the Assyrians had been to town. God says, Jonah, their wickedness has risen up to me. I want you to be the guy to go preach to them that judgment is coming. <laughs> We feel a little different about Jonah now, don't we? So where is Nineveh? Where is it? It's in the Middle East. Today it's known as Mosul, Iraq. That's where it was. So let's just imagine today. Church is over. You get in your car. You're going to Aubrey's. So that's what you do. And God speaks to you and he says, Scott, I want you to go to Mosul, Iraq. I want you to get a King James Bible and a MAGA hat. I want you to go over there and tell them to stop blowing up people, to eliminate Sharia law, and Jesus is unhappy with them and he's coming to get them. He's, anybody want to go? Anybody want to go with Scott? Because if you do, you'll be going by yourself, so Scott ain't going. And you're not going. 
And that's what God, that's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. And all of a sudden now, I'm being asked to tell people about Jesus. My message is not judgment. My message is grace and redemption and eternal life. All of a sudden, what? why is it that I don't invite people to church? Why is it I don't have an active conversation about Jesus with people in my world? Why is it I don't go and help a ministry up close and personal like 11B or Choices Resource, which their sign says we've helped save 26 babies, I think it is this year, which is awesome. Why is it I don't serve in missions? Why is it I'm not prayerful about, hey, God, do you want me to go to Honduras? Do you want me to go to, to Kenya? Do you want me to go to Brazil or Dominican Republic? Do, do you want me to go to the Philippines? Do, do you want me to go somewhere? Often, God's calling on your life begins much smaller than going around the globe. Often, God's calling for your mission is simply this. Men, your mission for today and tomorrow is this. You ready? Be the spiritual leader in your household. Love your wife and your children like you've never done before. Women, your mission is to love your husband and be submissive to him and serve him like you've never done before. Your mission is for students to simply go to school and say, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Would you like to go with me next week? Your mission is simpler. It begins, God doesn't ask us to run a marathon day one of our mission calling. He says we're going to take step by step and get to the place that we're supposed to be. And so we've got to get to a place where we simply, where we simply ask God, God, what is your calling for my life? If you'll simply tell me, I, I, will, I will be that person. Help me engage in the mission that you've called me to. So how does that begin? How do you hear from God? A word from God. You've heard it from his story. But personally, how do you hear it? You ready? You got to be willing to hear it. You've got to posture yourself in a place where you can hear it. You've got to put yourself in the right position to hear it. You've got to let God's word, the truth, cut through the, the noise of the world. It is as simple as we're in this environment here in just a minute where you can just bow your head and say, God, what is it? that you want from me missionally? Where do you want me to begin? And then when you leave, it might be as simple as just going over to the Inkai's children table and talk to them and go to the, and go to the, uh, go to the uh, Philippines table and talk to them and, and go to Honduras table and talk to them and go to One Vision and talk to them and go to Street Hope and talk to them and go to Choices and talk to them. Just go up to the table and have a conversation. Listen, listen. Because when we start having those conversations, when we least expect it, the Holy Spirit will show up and He'll turn something on in you and you'll know, I'm supposed to be a part of this. And all of a sudden, you're in this 
uncomfortable place where you're like, what does this even mean? And you listen more. And he begins to open doors for you to walk through. Now that's where the fun begins. He'll open a door, maybe with an invitation to go help with something. You walk through that door and you're blessed. And then next, once you've walked through that small door of obedience, he'll open another door and you walk through that door. And then all of a sudden, maybe a year goes by and you've taken steps through these subtle openings and God has met you on the other side. And then maybe a year or two years into it of just those small doors, we're having a sign-up list for people to go to Kenya. And out of nowhere, he'll punch you in the soul and he'll say, I want you to go to Kenya. Uh, And you go. And your life will be changed forever but listen those lives around you will also be changed forever there's nothing like being engaged in God's mission and you remember what that is God's mission is God inviting people from all people groups into his forever family that's what it is and the beauty of it is He wants to use you in that agenda. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second. I want you to know today that the book of Jonah, the biggest little mission story ever, is not about a fish. It's not about a prophet named Jonah. It's not about a boat. It is about a God so good, loving people so bad that he continues his mission to reach out to mankind, inviting people from all people groups into his forever family. And it's a book about using people like you and me in something so beautiful now I want you to know today the mission of God is amazing when we think about the scope of it being worldwide every people group every nation every tribe every language but it only really matters when his story enters our heart one by one. Maybe today the world mission doesn't quite matter as much yet because he wants to do a work in your life. How does that begin? We hear it, I say it over and over, but it only really matters when the mission of God lands in our life. When we say, God, I've heard it before. God, here I am, and this is different. For some reason, on this day, God, there's something has spoken deep inside of me. And I believe that is your spirit inviting me into your forever family. Me. Just who I am, just as I am. You 
you want me to join your family now so God I want to place all of my brokenness into what Jesus did for me on a cross I want to receive his perfect gift of salvation into my life I want Jesus to forgive me I want your Holy Spirit to take up residence in me I want to follow Jesus from this day forward save me on this day and he'll hear your prayer and for others of us it's simply a matter of saying God you saved me I haven't been a very good missionary I've squandered the greatest thing that's ever been given to me and that's the hope found in Jesus your son so on this day thank you for stirring my heart thank you for making me aware that we were never called to be comfortable we were called to be obedient so God help me invite people and tell people and pray and consider ways of how I can be on mission for you from this day forward and I'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus name amen amen hey if you prayed today to receive Christ if you'll just take on the back of your worship guide a connection card and you can just do it as simply as put your name and your phone number on there and just write on there I got saved today and I'll call you because I want to help you with the greatest decision you've ever made in your life and for the rest of us I want you to go by those tables and prayerfully consider how God can engage you in his greater mission let's stand and sing we hope that God spoke to you through this message if you enjoyed the message be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.